Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast, where your hosts, Giuseppe Corallo and Jasmine Petty. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about this week's episode of Grey's Anatomy entitled Every Day is a Holiday with You. So if you haven't seen the episode, there are spoilers ahead. And before we get into it, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, one of our listeners from Mexico. Uh, so we've got lots of great messages. And I wanted to uh, shout out uh, user uh, Surreal. He sent us a lovely message uh, this past week about how much he enjoys the podcast and greetings from Mexico. Uh, so we just wanted to give a shout out and say thank you for your kind words. We love all you guys. We love our listeners so much. And uh, we love that you enjoy the podcast and that it's um, some people have reached out and said, you know, it's helping them with their English or, to, you know, to kind of understand better. Um, and we, we love that. And we're so uh, happy and grateful for all of you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. And thank you, Surreal, for your kind message. Thank you so much. Hi, Jasmine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. It has been a pretty intense week as usual, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, good. What about you? What about your yours? It's good. I was busy I'm training somebody new at work. So that's a lot, but it's going to be uh, useful in the long run. This weekend, I did some Christmas shopping. I was supposed to go to this Christmas market, but then like, the lineup was around the block. So Really? The lineup yeah. was around the block? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like down the block. around Like it was, it was massive. So instead, my friends and I, we just went shopping down like some local streets. Yeah. Every time I talk to you, you remind me that I have to start <laughs> you know, buying Christmas gifts to people. Mm-hmm. And you make me feel like a bad person because I still haven't even thought about it. But yeah, I, I have to start. So thank you for the reminder, Jasmine. You're welcome. Uh, so I did that and then I went to see the new, the new Ghostbusters movie. Oh, how was it? It was really good, actually. Oh, um, really? Yeah, it was really well done. I really enjoyed it. For anyone out there who's thinking about seeing it, I'd recommend go back and watch the original, like the original first like Ghostbusters number one, like the first Ghostbusters movie from like the mid 80s Hmm. um because it's here it's on netflix i don't know where it is in all other countries but go back and watch that movie like stream it and then go to the theater and watch the new ghostbusters because my friend and i went back and watched that movie because we saw it as teenagers and then so we decided to go back and watch and while you can understand the movie without having rewatched the original ghostbusters there's a lot of really cool references and little things that like i don't think my friend and i would have caught if we hadn't seen that one recently Mm. um and it did a really good job like there's new characters but there's also like they bring the original characters back as well yeah it's well done and it's basically like it's exactly what you would picture like if you think about the original ghostbusters um if you think about you know what would a movie that was originally like what would a sequel to a movie made in the 80s um with all the wacky hijinks look like if you had updated special effects and the comedy was you know like appropriate to the era like of, like of now you know like with appropriate yeah. humor and better special effects like what would a what would a ghostbusters movie look like and that's literally what this is um so yeah they did a really good job of it um, i'm intrigued because i wanted to see it but then today i decided to see another movie i don't know if you heard about it it's called the power of the dog it's a drama with benedict cumberbatch no uh, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, yeah, from the actor of, you know, Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's a pretty good movie. It's a, like a Western. I don't like Western, but this is a tale of a man who's 
who's a repressed man who is an homosexual, but he doesn't know how to express it, you know, his feelings. So he he's a toxic man. I think it's an interesting movie. It's completely different from the vibes, of course, of Ghostbusters. But yeah, yeah very but, different movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I suggested, you know, to Richard as well, because it's a pretty good movie. But I'm gonna watch Ghostbusters because I need some fun and, and laughter in my life in this time. So yeah. this moment. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's I'm, really it's a really good comedy. It's really funny. It's funny. It's sweet. It's heartwarming. Um, there's a really like the kind of the conclusion, big climax of the movie scene is really like it's it's funny. It's it, it's not spooky, but you know, like you're like, oh my god, a ghost, like you know that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And it's really heartwarming and touching um, too. So yeah, it was it was well done, and uh, it also made me really excited for the new season of Stranger Things, which is supposed to come out next summer i haven't watched a single episode of stranger things you need to because i was really behind and i finally amy and i watched all of it recently and she watched it when it first came out i don't know why but it never attracted me it's 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 something that i might not enjoy but everybody all the people i know watch it so there must be something to it that yeah it's i wasn't sure if i would like it because it kind of like looking at the trailers what people had said about it i was like is it going to be too scary for me are there going to be too many jump scares like i'm like you know is it going to be because it kind of seemed like some stuff is on that line where i'm like am i going to enjoy this or is this going to like freak me out and i'm gonna like not be able to sleep um but uh like i talked to amy about it because like she knows me really well and what I can and cannot take. And she was like, yeah, no, it's not scary. Like there are, the, there's the odd jump scare when like a monster jumps out or something, but it's not, um, it's not a horror series. It's it's more of a mystery and like about the supernatural and like it's super about like nostalgia in the eighties. Um, yeah. I mean, that wasn't my childhood, obviously I was growing, I grew up in the nineties, but like it, it very much leans into like, just like big cultural things from the eighties. So that's really fun. Yeah, um, in, the 80s, even in the 80s, even though we haven't lived them, it, they're always fun to, to visit. I mean, it's always yeah. the, the, the vibe, the general vibe. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But we're not here to talk about Stranger Things. Yes, we're here to we're, talk about Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. We're here to talk about Grey's Anatomy. So, okay, Jasmine, do you, you want to start with the 30-second recap? Yep, can you count me in? Yes, absolutely. So three, two, one, and go. This week on Grey's Anatomy, it's American Thanksgiving, and when Meredith's flight is canceled due to inclement weather, she winds up spending the holiday with Nick, while Amelia and Link put on Thanksgiving for the kids. Meanwhile, Richard and Bailey seek out emergency surgeries at the hospital, Brooke's condition improves and then worsens, and Nico gets to know Levi's mother a whole lot better. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> well, many, lots of things happen in this episode. Not all of them were interesting, <laughs> me, but, you know, lots of things happened. So... I think I'm going to start by saying that what I find strange in this season is the fact that I feel like the episodes are disjointed. They don't have mm. a great pace. And I know that I know that I have said this before, but I'm going to just say it again. It's like it's like they're writing storylines based on actors' schedules, you know, mm. and on yeah. which they, they can be on set. And like they are writing scenes for a bunch of characters divided in groups. For example, in this episode, we have Meredith and Nick, and then we have Lincoln and Amelia, and then we have uh, Megan, Ace, Teddy, and Owen, and then we have Bailey, Richard, uh, Joe, Levi, and Nico. So they're all like in the little bubble, and this mm-hmm. bubble 
these bubbles do not talk to each other. So it's like everyone is in their own storyline. And for example, the final scene, we're going to talk about the final scene later, but you know, it's like, I would have loved to see all the characters together having Thanksgiving dinner. It would have been more interesting. It would have been more impactful. Instead, we just got a few, I mean, Richard and Mary, of course, they're big characters. And then we had Levi and Nico join the same scene. And it didn't actually, it didn't make me grateful for this episode, you know? It was like, why aren't we seeing all the characters together celebrating Thanksgiving? Why don't these characters talk to each other during the episode? Why isn't Bailey talking to Owen or to Teddy and, and Teddy is expressing to her fears for Farouk? You know, I just need these people to talk more about their separate storylines with, with, with others, you know, so that I can get invested in it. And so the only storyline that I really, really loved, of course, can you guess which one was it? Um, guessing Meredith and Nick? Yes, absolutely. But before I get to that, what do you think in general about this episode? Yeah, I agree. Um, it feels like everything is very separated, which I don't mind. Some stories necessitate that. And I don't mind if we have like, you know, like in a connecting episode or, you know, if the odd episode is like that because it can be interesting or it can make sense for the story. But yeah, this whole season has been like, everyone is in their own bubble. Um, like, and even, you know, you talk about, you know, the bubbles aren't talking to each other. You know, a friend of mine I was talking to mentioned the other day that she goes, you know, when, when Christina was living and working in Minnesota, her and Meredith talked to her and Meredith and Alex, you know, all talked on the phone all the time. You, you saw them interacting. Yeah. Like she had her own storyline there with Mr. Feeney, the guy who played Mr. Feeney. Um, but you know, she was connected and then we don't see that even though Meredith is like literally the main character and she's in Minnesota, like in this episode, she briefly FaceTimes with Amelia and Zola, which was nice, but I'm like, well, if Meredith, it would have made more sense to me if Meredith was, you know, like FaceTime with them, you know, and the other kids. And then once they all sat down to food, like, you know, they should have had her up on the tablet while Meredith was also eating her dinner. Like I've done that with my family during the pandemic. so. I didn't buy that either. I'm like the fact that, you know, Meredith, you know, who we normally see as a really great mom would just be like, oh, I briefly talked to my one child out of three one time and my sister one time. And then I'm just going to sit alone in a hotel room on the phone with this guy I'm seeing like that to me didn't really line up. Like, I know you like the scene, but like to me, like it, it didn't make sense. You know, like, why wouldn't she be FaceTiming everybody? Why wouldn't Bailey and Richard be talking to Teddy and Owen like that just um it just doesn't make any sense you know yeah yeah no I, I get what you're saying also yeah absolutely also I mean I think as you do Meredith is a great mother but you know one thing that I found really strange was that at the end of the episode um Nick says to her you know if tomorrow the weather is better we can go to the cabin and she's like yes and I was like wouldn't you prefer to be like on the first plane back to Seattle to see your children? Yeah. I mean, and that was my thing. Like that Nick, we're supposed to see Nick is this great guy. But meanwhile, like, you know, she's worried about getting back to her kids and he's trying to get her to go up to this cabin, like the beginning of the episode. And I'm like, hang on a second. Why are you trying to like, why are you trying to discourage this woman from seeing her children? Like what I'm supposed to buy into this guy. He doesn't like, if you're dating a single mom, you should be like, yes, absolutely. Get back to your kids. How can I help? 
Yeah, but I think that, you know, you, you're right. I said it. But, you know, what I think is also that we have to remember that we see just a few, I mean, just a day in the week of Meredith when we see these episodes. But we know that Meredith stays in, in Minnesota just for two, three days, no more. So, of course, she... I mean, she has seen a child, a children just a few yeah, days ago. Yeah, I, I, I you know? know. It's just, it, it, that's what I mean. It just didn't fit for me. Like, yeah, yeah, I get what you say, but it's just that we have to remember. And I say this also because I saw a lot of angry Twitter fans saying, oh, Meredith Gray is like Alice Gray. She's neglecting her children. But that's not true. We're just, even next episode, she's going to be me that she has forgotten her children. It's just that for story reasons we catch up with her when she's in minnesota but yeah, guys, it was a stupid choice quite frankly because like if they were showing us more of like you know her with her kids her with her sisters then her and minnesota like if they were doing more of a balance whereas because they're not doing that balance i feel like she comes yeah. across as as a bad mother or as someone who's given up on her entire family in seattle which i don't think that's true but she comes across that way because they're choosing to show us like literally the worst moments like they're they're picking just the worst moments to put on screen in my opinion they are focusing on the Meredith and Nick romance of course and I think that by the end of this first batch of episodes the sort the two storylines Seattle and Minnesota storyline will start to merge I have an opinion on how this will happen but I will get into this later but mm -hmm. back to Meredith and Nick I have to say that as usually I love them together I think there is great, great chemistry. Like I, I think Meredith has never had so much chemistry in a guy since Derek. And what I love about this relationship, what what I love about Nick is the way he she lights up when she's with him. You know, every time she looks at him. Um, the scene, for example, when she opens the door to find out that he turned around. That was amazing. The way Ellen Pompeo acted that scene, the way her eyes acted as well, the way she she said, you turned around and their voice was broke because of, you know, of the emotion. And I think that Ellen Pompeo really has so much chemistry with this guy, with, with Scott Speedman. And also I love that, you know, the scene before the sex scene, I mean, no, it's the same scene, but before they start kissing each other, she turns around to him and she says, uh, you said where? And he's like, what? You said Charlotte and, you know, surgery were your priorities. And the ways she says those things to him and the way he says to her, you know, where, yes, and now you might be my priority. The way she, she looks at him, the way she pronounces those words, it's just... She's just so, so flirty. She just reminds me of the girl in the bar. It's just, it's like Meredith has born again. I don't want to sound cheesy, you know, but this is why I'm loving this pair so, so much because I really think this is a new chapter for her, a completely new chapter. And it's as powerful as her old uh, chapter. And also, I forgot that this show could have, you know, such steamy scenes. I thought there was a longer scene than usual that I'm talking about the sex scene. And I think it was, and it was great. And I'm happy the memory, the memory finally got some, you know? <laughs> but you have to admit one thing, even though you, you are against it for, for many reasons, which I get, she lights up when she's with him. Can you not see yeah, I don't, that? I don't, I don't see it. Like her reaction doesn't feel real to me. Like I get that you're, you see it and I'm not trying to hate. I just, like I felt, 
absolutely no chemistry in like at all. Like I felt nothing. And the scene at the beginning, I thought was really weird. I'm going to, I'm going to focus more on the logic issues because I'm not here to rain on your parade. But like at the beginning, when he's dropping off at the airport, if you're dating somebody and they drop you off at the airport, you kiss them goodbye. Right. But she doesn't. But then she's talking to him on the phone. All Thanksgiving is so excited. Turn around. They wind up hooking up. Like, so I'm like, is she dating this guy? Isn't she? Is she interested in him or not? And and I, I know it's supposed to be like, oh, it's flirty or whatever, but like her behavior just isn't consistent to me. And week after week, we keep seeing this. We're like, I feel like for the fans that are watching it, like you that are into this, you know, that stuff doesn't stand out or it makes sense, you know, in the context that you're seeing it. And I totally get where you're coming from. But for me, because I'm not into it, I'm like, her behavior isn't making sense. I mean, either she's into this guy or she's not. They're either dating or they're not. So that was weird. And but then, why? For example, the fact that she didn't kiss him goodbye, I thought that there was a reason for that because for, she says, you know, I'm trying to talk me out of saying yes to you to come to your cabin. So if she would have kissed him, she it's, it's like she's trying to, you know, okay, I have to get out of this car. I have to get on that plane. So I'm not going to kiss you because otherwise you could- But that makes her a bad me. mother because that means she wants to hook up with this guy, his stupid oh, cabin brother and no. seeing her kids. That's no, horrible. no, I don't think that. I think that, you know, <laughs> life comes comes in sh shades of gray. And I think that you can be a great mother. And also you you just are horny sometimes and you want to yeah, have Yeah, but she didn't miss out a half the week. She could have hooked up with this guy at any point. This is her kid's Thanksgiving. She was in a coma for like a year. But, like she, get, but she gets out of the car. So she's a good mother. She knows what her priorities it's are. Good mother needs better dialogue. <laughs> um that's, I'm just that's saying. Another, yeah that's another issue yeah of course yeah, yeah. like I'm not feeling like her dialogue is just oh, just terrible this season um so there's that and then um like I said before I would have liked her to see to see her like facetiming with the kids more and her sisters which we didn't see and then like I didn't feel any chemistry in her scenes with Nick um I mean when they were talking on the phone as he was driving that was kind of cutesy but then like when she opened up the door, I was like, oh, he turned around. It's like, I, I didn't feel anything. Uh, when she was like, well, you said were, and he's like, well, priorities can change. I'm like, so we're supposed to see that he's her priority. He didn't even call her when he got back to Minnesota the first time they met. And now he's suddenly her priority, but he doesn't want to meet her kids. He doesn't want her, like he keeps wanting her to go up to the cabin with him. Like, cause, and I said this, I said this in the premiere that what bothered me is that they're in two different parts of their life. You're like, no, no, like he would be there for her kids. But we don't see that in this episode. He talks about how Charlotte's away at a friend's giving. She's at college. He's an empty nester. You know, his work is his life now that she's gone off. Whereas Meredith is a single mom with three young kids, a big family, sisters with kids and everything. And Nick just wants her to come up to the cabin with him. He doesn't want to be involved with her family at all. Well, and that's not true, actually. We know what that. Is, though? Like, he literally, like, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he's not like, you got to go see your kids. He's not supportive at all. He keeps trying to get her to go up to the cabin. I was like, what he's, the hell? He's, joking. he's joking with her. He's teasing her, you know? He's teasing her, and he never says, I don't want to meet your kids. Besides, I Yeah, think but he's he not like, I'm sorry, like, Hayes has done all this work to be a part of her family and a part of her friend group, and this guy is like, come up to the cabin with me, and I'm supposed to be into that? Like, so I'm sorry, there's nothing attractive about a guy that's joking about going up to a cabin when your kids are sitting at home waiting for you. Like, I just don't, like, oh, that's not sexy more... to me. That's stupid. No. This guy's an asshole. Like, no, he's not an asshole. He's so, so dreamy the way he looks at her, the way he says. <laughs> it. 
No, it, I feel like I just way, don't see it. it. Like, no, my he looks like he's high. Like, he just looks like he's no. out of it all the time. Like, no, and the way, and the way Meredith looks at him, and the way she kisses his hands, she kisses his hands. I mean, I know, like, it's so stupid. Like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, that's just it. Just felt so fake to me. Like the sex scene to me, no chemistry. They just felt so completely fake. Like Amy turned to me and she was like. I don't think I've ever seen a sex scene with less chemistry in my life. And I'm like, I know, like nothing, um, like absolutely um, nothing. Okay. Uh, what I think it's interesting, you know, it's that we're seeing the same thing and you feel one thing, I feel another. And yeah. it just, it just, it, I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about it. I have to say that we have s- such different opinions because it shows how much, you know, a scene or a storyline can mean something for a person. Mm-hmm completely another thing for another and these yeah. proofs were in completely two different positions and and you what's strange is that this has never happened before as we have said in the past never never happened i mean i'm talking about meredith of course yeah and we I, we never disagree so much on things maybe just about owen's character you know but that's another yeah but even that like i can see i can see your point like i don't agree but i can understand where you're coming from like i like for this i just like i just don't see it like i I respect yeah. your point on this. I just don't see it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So, yeah. That, also, just one little thing with a set design. Amy pointed this out, and I'm like, yeah, there's a giant silver teapot on that table when they're at the hotel. And I'm like, what is this teapot doing here? You're not having tea at that time in the evening. You're not. They're supposed to be having Thanksgiving here. What is with that? What hotel has a giant-ass teapot? Like, that thing was so out of place. I, I didn't notice it because you know the fact is that you and them are not digging these couples. Other these couples. No, we're all the little mistakes. Yeah, but it was a giant. thing <laughs> no, was massive. No, I don't think those are mistakes. So, I, but you're you're. Well, no, uh, it is because like, why would they be having? Because like, they've just finished. They're having a glass of wine. There's wine on the table. They've just finished eating, and then there's this giant, massive carafe of what you would put tea in, and it's like those. Like you're not both having a glass of wine and tea at the same time. That doesn't make any sense. It makes me laugh so much. I'm here all swinging about them, and you're here looking at the teapot. That's just yeah, because the teapot's more interesting. I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> no, no, that's, no, that's not true. I really hope that the, the writers do do not shy away from this couple because I, don't I think they do. It's pointless. No, I I hope so. But there is also another couple, and I know there are little people are divided about them as well in this moment it, i'm talking about link and amelia spend mm-hmm. with the kid oh, i want to say something else before we move to link and amelia i want to say the um what bothers me is that nobody's talking about maggie or better said no one is talking to maggie it just i would just need you know I'm, I'm meredith calling maggie and saying hey are you okay or just texting her just like to- texting her like what the heck yeah why not why don't you show this Anyway, that's yeah. that's just to come back to the, our first point to the fact that this season feels so disjointed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the other couple, the other big couple happening in this episode, and there are a train wreck that has already happened and it's about to happen all over again, I guess. It's Link and Amelia. I wouldn't call them a train wreck though. Like Owen and Amelia were a train wreck. I don't think they're a train wreck. I think they got some issues. I wouldn't say they're a train wreck though. So do you think there is redemption for them? I'm not sure what needs to be redeemed. They're both being stubborn and they need to talk to each other, but like they're not actively trying to hurt each other. Can yeah, I, say I wouldn't something? say they're a train wreck. Can I say that it's something that I'm, it's going to be really popular right now? Mm-hmm. It's that I didn't find any chemistry between Link and Amelia in this episode. I found it's a little not- bit. I didn't find a ton. 
we've talked about this before, but I feel like you'll agree with me. I think it's really bizarre. And they've done this specifically with Amelia and Link before last season where they established the kids are home and in the house and then they'll do a sex scene with them. And I'm like, what? Because yeah. yeah. you just established like if they like, OK, for example, even if I wasn't into Meredith and Deluca, I hated that couple. But, you know, they would establish that like the kids were asleep or the kids were at a sleepover, that the kids were somewhere else. They were doing something and they showed Meredith being cognizant of that. Or, you know, when Maggie was dating that random guy, like, like you know, they would establish, you know, oh, the kids are asleep or they just woke up. Like, they would establish where they were. So I'm like, okay. But they did this last season and they're doing this season where the kids are actively in the house. They're running around. They can see them. And they'll do a sex scene. And I'm like, what the hell? No, like, she's, she's like, okay, she's like, uh, the kids are asleep. She says that to, to Link. But this doesn't... But still, says, like, like, they could get up for a glass of water. That happened with Deluca. She yeah, knows that. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't make any sense. It's like last season. Do you remember that they masturbated like in front of each other? That's what I was looking at the scene in the backyard. I'm like, what the heck? Like, don't tell me there are kids in the picture and then be like, and now I'm sexing <laughs> yeah. in the open. Because they're all like behind closed doors is one thing. If someone's bedroom, I mean, these kids are smart. They know to like walk and whatever. Yeah, when they were on the couch having about to have sex, I was like, okay, what if anyone wakes up? What if Scout wakes up? Veli already asked about sex to the two of them. So <laughs> in this episode. So you know Also, like the fact that Millie's been in that situation, like her and Owen were having sex on the couch, and then like Meredith and Maggie were taking the kids to school. Oh yeah, right. And there was right. that scene. And like back then it was like, okay, Owen's an idiot and Amelia was like, she wasn't well. So like Okay, they kind of played that for last, but I'm like, okay, what's Amelia's thing now? Because like, and why is Link okay with this? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just yeah, doesn't make it, any sense to me. Yeah, but also I feel like they were so domestic in a way that I don't know. It's just I said this last season as well. It's just they lost like a spark. And what I'm starting to dig this season, and based on next week's promo, maybe it's a mislead. Most probably, it's a mislead. And you know what? I might be okay with a, an Amelia K end game and with a Link and Joe end game. I think, I, I don't know why, I feel like the chemistry is off between the two of them. And I also, I have to say something. I'm someone who likes a good romance. I'm someone who likes a good couple. For example, I would be so, so mad to the writers if Meredith ended up the sh- and ends the show single. But for Amelia, for a character, I think it, it would make sense for her to, you know, to end up all by yourself, whole, whole and healed and strong and independent. I would like for her to, to just be her person in a way. So yeah. right now, I have to say that, I mean, I, I know there is help between me and Link, and I really think that they're going to end up together. I think they're endgame. But I have to be honest, I would be okay with Amelia being single and their own person. Mm-hmm. I would actually love it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a strong opinion. I mean, I don't like Lincoln Joe. I don't feel anything there. Also, based on Joe's facial expression in the promo for next week, I mean... No, it's not next week. It's in three weeks. Oh, sorry, it's three weeks. But the next episode is what I meant. She seems pretty thrown by that. And once again, if they were going to do that, they've had time to set that up last season or previous season. And so because they haven't, as you know, I'm not a fan of these pairings where it's like, hey, we made it clear this wasn't going to happen or, you know, we spent all this time setting this up and now we're going a different direction. I'm historically not a fan. I don't feel it. So would not be happy with that. Um, I don't feel a ton. Like, I feel some chemistry between Amelia and Kai, but not a ton. I'd be fine with Amelia on her own as her own game. I'd be fine with her with somebody. 
I define with Hermelia, like in Link as, as their end game. I don't know if I really feel Kai just because similar to Hermelia's storyline, I'm like, like in this episode, like the weather in Minnesota is absolute trash as it normally is this time of year because um, it's cold and windy and crappy and all of the, you know, the US and Canada. Like, I'm like, why are these women hanging out in Minnesota with these lackluster storylines when they could be in Seattle, that the weather is much better, their family and friends are there, um, their kids are there. I just don't see, like, they're not selling it enough for me. I'm like, I don't know why, like, why would these women bother? You know what I mean? I'm like, what, like, like who picks Minnesota over Seattle this time of year? Like, Well, I would do it if Nick was there, so. There is that. Yeah, Nick would have to come to Seattle for me, man. I'm not going to freaking Minnesota in the middle of November. You're kidding me? <gasps> no, I would do that for the guy. No, I'm kidding, of course. Hey, you've never, I... yeah, but you've never experienced Minnesota in the winter or anything close to it. So, yeah, but I would like to experience Nick Marsh. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but no, I don't, I don't want to experience something that badly to go to Minnesota in November. Oh, no. Well, you're a girl who knows her boundaries. Yes, and I know my winter, which is why I would not be going. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wanted, I, I wanted to say something about what you said about um, writers eating things and then changing their minds. I think that's a big problem with Grace in these days. Because back in the day, uh, peak Grace, like season one, season five, but also season one, season ten, we knew what the couples were. were. You know what couples yeah. we had, you know? And mm-hmm. we were invested in them. There were April and Jackson. There was... Owen and Christina, there was Meredith and Derek, and it was about their journey together. Mm-hmm. And we were investing them because we know that no matter what, they could have broken up, but we know that was their story. What mm-hmm. I feel in this later season, it's like this couple, it's like a musical chairs. They're game. bouncing around, yeah. yeah. Bouncing around, so you don't invest it because you know, okay, so this week there is this pairing, but next week there's going to be another one. And so that's a little bit that's not good writing, I guess. That's not much you're yeah, writing. Yeah, and I, I'm feeling like I've said this before, but like I, with Meredith, I feel frustrated that since Derek died, they keep putting him with guys and either I'm not a fan or they put the, put him with somebody. I get into it. I come around or I'm really into it. I get invested in the moment. I'm like, all right, I'm into this. This is great. They pull the rug out from under me and they change what they're doing. So I just feel frustrated because I'm like, well, you keep getting me invested in these storylines and they're doing a quick change. And so why should I get invested if you're just going to keep changing it on me? Um, so I, 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 I agree about that. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, lots of, uh, you know, couples talk today. Let's talk about another plot point, which I didn't find that interesting, but we're mm-hmm. going to talk about it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm talking about, you know, the developments for Farouk. Megan and Ace and of course Teddy and w- w- what's happening to Ferg? What what did you think about it? Do you buy with that now Ferg's condition are worsening and he he's an ECMO? Yeah, I mean, and I want to. This is an this is an issue I had with this episode, but also with the previous ones this season. And I think it's a combination of things. It's the writing. It's the fact that all the storylines are so separated. It's also the music choices and the lack of music, because that scene where uh Farouk's condition suddenly worsened and they had to like bring in crash carts and stuff I turned to Amy and I said two things I said one I don't think we know we don't know Megan well enough as a character to feel something for her in this moment we like I don't think we're invested enough as fans because they haven't done enough building there enough work and two 
I like normally that should be a very um, dramatic moment. It should be very intense. And normally what they do is there's music in the background to kind of heighten it or lead into it, or they have all the machines going. Like there's some kind of background noise to kind of set the scene. Yeah. Um, or there's something kind of coming up to that and then they'll cut or they'll fade that out or they'll cut it around it. So, cause you, I mean, you do need to have moments where there is no backing just to hear the character and have that moment clearly sometimes. But I've noticed that particularly this season, I don't know why they're cutting, like in, in that scene, they cut the, there's no background music. There's some machines going off, but not a lot of them, like the noise you can hear. And so, because we don't know Megan really well um, and because of that lack of background noise and background music, like it should have been a very dramatic scene. I should have been like emotional, but I wasn't because I don't think they built the tension in that scene properly. And I've really been feeling that all like so far. I mean, we're what, like how many episodes are we into this season? Six, this is the six. Okay. And like, we're, I know we're only six in, but like I've been feeling that. And that's just like, that's both the writing and just the music and sound editing choices. And I'm not sure why they're doing that. Cause it's not like, it's not doing anybody any favors. Um. And I think with some well-chosen music or and or background noise, this scene could have been really impactful, but it wasn't for me. And I know other people were feeling that too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel bad for I feel bad for Megan, but because I think they didn't do that building work and they didn't do the music and editing choices to make that really impactful, I wasn't super moved. I felt like, you know, like 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 you said, like they're wasting Hayes in the storyline. And I agree because he like he's doing a good job as a doctor, but that's kind of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and every time he's on screen with Megan these days, it feels like wink, wink, they're gonna end, to end up together. Wink, wink, it's gonna happen. I don't know, you, you said that you feel bad for, I mean, a little bit bad for Farouk and Megan, but actually I feel completely indifferent to, it, to them. It's just, I just do not care. I think it's wasted screen time. Yeah. I, I think that she's there just because Krista Vernoff, the showrunner, likes the actress which is not a good reason for me to, for an actor to be there anyway. And so I just, I just feel it's, it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of, I mean, they could have invested that screen time for, for Joe, for example. I'm not, as, as I've always said, I'm not a big fan of Joe, but you know, to, to show her more and they could have invested that screen time in, into exploring Link and Amelia even more or having, you know, they could have done anything but this. Because it feels like it, they're giving time for to a guest star. A guest star has her own storyline, which is crazy for me. Completely, completely crazy. And so I, I, I'm really against this storyline. I'm sorry, but I have to say what I'm, what I think. And yeah, it's, just, it's a waste of screen time. And also, what's happening to the Owen storyline? I mean, again, it's an interesting storyline, but it's also okay. Where is this going? where is this going just... yeah and I, I want to say this too is that like Owen's storyline in this episode should have been really impactful because you think about the last time like that moment when he realizes Noah wants to go home and he doesn't want to keep doing this if you think about the last time Owen we saw Owen in the ER having to deal with somebody not wanting to continue treatment that was that storyline I can't remember what season this is in but the one about um doctor assisted suicide um yeah. and assisted dying <laughs> Yeah, season six. Season six. And, you know, um, like I hated on that storyline, but it was very powerful. And you see Richard talking to him being like, because he gets the the gender of the patient wrong. 
because he's having flashbacks and Richard's confused and he's like this this patient is a woman like she's like you need to go home like what's going like you're like you're obviously he's like you need sleep and you have Christina being like you know like I get that you have an issue with this Owen but this patient's you know there's nothing else we can do for them um and of course in my own country in Canada assisted suicide assisted dying has come a long way since then um as in the U.S. case, I know changes have made as well. So what I'm trying to say is that was a very powerful storyline because you had flashbacks to Iraq and you had the music and the way the directing, the style that episode was done, his interaction with other characters, that original season six episode. We should have seen a parallel in this episode because we're dealing with a similar issue. And we see Owen in a similar way that we saw him, um, I think it was season 17, where he was talking to Amelia about like, he finally gets not wanting to have kids, not wanting to have more kids. And, you know, like, we should have seen, it should have been really impactful. We should have seen parallels because Owen has changed his mind after seeing the suffering. This is suffering he can identify with versus that female patient in the season six episode who I think was dying of cancer. He couldn't, like he was having flashbacks of what had happened to him in Iraq. He didn't understand. He was struggling. But this one, he finally understands the pain this soldier's in wanting to be there for his son and his wife. Um, it should have been really impactful, but it wasn't, I think, because of the directing because of the writing because of the lack of music or music choices and the background yeah, yeah. uh choices. Yeah, something, yeah something is off and you can yeah. feel that something off. yeah absolutely um so well, i think this is a power it, it should have been a power storyline i think it's like it, it represents great character growth for oh that's the thing like he's getting great character growth here but they're not selling it and that's no no shade to the actor i mean i think kevin mckinn does a wonderful job um but like this should be really impactful because it represents real growth for Owen. And, mm-hmm. but it's not feeling emotional. Like I'm not feeling the emotional impact. Like, like even now we're talking about like, you're like, the season feels boring. Like if it's just something like on our laundry list, we got to get through, you know? Yeah. Because you compare yeah. that to other stuff we're watching right now. We're watching CSI Vegas, we're watching NCIS Hawaii. Like, you know, we're all excited because like stuff is fast paced and it's moving, you know? Yeah, yeah. As you know, I'm not hating this season. I am enjoying it more than you are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that the pace has to improve. They have to do something, and yeah. I really hope that it all changes by the mid-season finale. I hope so. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. And speaking of very, very thrilling and interesting stuff, we. <laughs> I know you wanted to say something about. No, I'm kidding, of course. But I know you wanted to say something about Levi and Nico. Mm-hmm. I like I did I did kind of enjoy some of the excuse me the comedy in the scenes where you know Nico sat down next to Levi's mom and he was like Mar- marriage you kiss and she was like do you have anything in your genetics that we need yeah. to know about yeah um yeah. I did like that she came around like I did like that they explored that more because I saw people kind of saying on social media the last few weeks being like well like I thought Nico's mom was sorry Levi's mom wasn't accepting like I feel like they're flip-flopping but I felt like they did address that in, the, in this episode where she goes you know is a husband what I expected for my son no but he's a doctor and you're a doctor and you know a doctor is you know the dream of every Jewish mother and you know I get two doctors and you guys are going to have kids and it's going to be and you're all going to get married it's all going to be great so I I like that we got to see her kind of coming around on that yeah um, and they kind of cleared that up. I did think there was some good comedy there. And then afterwards, you did kind of get a sense from Nico when Levi came to sit with him that like you realize that like his mom didn't come there to, you know, actually to see Levi. She came there to talk with Nico and, you know, to, to kind of get to know him better and to try. 
And so you see that Nico understands Levi more. So um, I like kind of the outcome of that storyline, but I don't feel anything chemistry-wise when Levi and Nico are on screen. Again, I'm not feeling it there either. So I'm not terribly invested in them. I like Levi as a character, but I'm not terribly invested in them as a couple because yeah. I don't really feel anything. Yeah, I don't feel anything for Nico. I, I like Levi, but I don't think that the Nico actor is, is a good actor. I was really excited when, la, at the end of last season, when they brought that guy, oh, I don't remember The vaccine doc. Yeah, I wanted him to end yeah, up with the vaccine doc. Such good doctor, chemistry. Yeah, Dr. Mason. He had such amazing chemistry with mm. that actor. So I would love for them to, you know, bring him back and just mix things up. And also, as you know, well, this was, of course, the Thanksgiving episode. So it was an holiday episode. It was a special holidays episode. And we know that this season is doing these holidays episodes and they're going to do the same for Christmas. Um, And I, I like when shows approach festivities because it brings, you know, everyone together but at the same time uh, as the closing scene happened and as you know we have Bailey and Richard and and Joe and her child and Luna and and Nico and Levi I just thought why are we seeing all these characters together but not with you know with the other ones Mm -hmm. so again just to close as we started as I started at least it's like disjointed super super disjointed this is a holiday episode i want to see everyone together and i get that we don't get to see meredith to get, uh, with the rest of them because of course she's in minnesota mm-hmm. but why are we seeing all these five actors together and again i think it's because of covid i think it's because of schedule yeah and i think it has nothing to do with with um storylines you know with mm-hmm. with the, the urgency of the storytelling so this is something that I'm really, really mad about. And I really hope that, you know, when the Christmas episode comes our, our way, that things change. And I really hope that, first of all, I really hope the Meredith gets to spend Christmas in Seattle with Nick, because I want to do a little bit, little prediction. I think that the storyline that's going to bring Nico back in Seattle, uh, no, sorry, Nick in Seattle is the Farouk storyline. He needs heart transplant. Oh, they're gonna bring yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could see that. Yeah. They're gonna bring him. And this makes me think that Nick uh, the Nick is gonna face Ace. So is there a triangle or quadrangle at this point might really happen? Well, maybe, because I really feel this is the storyline that's gonna bring Nico back. And I'm sorry, I don't know why I keep saying uh Nick in Seattle yeah so. okay yeah I, I I could see that something about you know that final scene uh, yeah I, I think I agree with you like I feel like they should have like Teddy and Owen should have been there I mean I get that that Teddy was uh sorry Owen was you know comforting Megan but um you know like I feel like maybe they should have all kind of you know maybe like rather than that place taking place in the cafeteria maybe they all could have been there with Farouk's you know what I mean or they could have done something similar to episode two, you know, for the comic timing. You know, they could have uh, like uh, Richard uh, hosting a Thanksgiving dinner. If people bailing because they were stuck at the hospital because dramatic things were happening, they could have, you know, made made a nod to season to the season two episode in which yeah, you know, this big yeah, thing yeah. 
dinner, but no one, but nobody shows up, they could have done something similar. Because I think, again, it could have helped the flow of the episode because mm-hmm. everybody then it would be have talked, everybody would have talked about this dinner. So it, it means that they're all under the same roof. So it would have helped the flow of the episode. So I, I don't know, why can yeah. we think about this kind of stuff and they don't? That's what I don't yeah. get. The other thing too is that like I'm noticing, I know part of this is probably because of COVID, but like for example, like the characters we have in the cafeteria, there's no one else in the cafeteria. Oh, I didn't notice that. Like there's no back, like their background actors have like disappeared. I'm like, okay, I get that they have to have it smaller numbers for COVID, but what I've like, you know, they could have, for example, that scene, right? They could have had somebody leaving the cafeteria behind them, just the background shot. That character could have been like that extra could have been separated from everybody else and it would have still been COVID safe, right? Yeah. Without like, but instead it's like all of the background extras have disappeared, which if you compare to the earlier seasons, there's a flip ton of like other doctors, nurses, orderlies. People yeah. like people are everywhere in the background, which they should be because hospitals are busy places. But this season, it's like all the background actors have pieced the heck out, and there's no one in the background. Like that's also like it's breaking the fourth wall for me. Because yeah, like, yeah. I mean, not as that non-realistic, but like as as I've told you, you know, like I spent a lot of time in hospitals as a child, and so it's like you're <laughs> you're never in a hospital where there's like no one. It's like yeah. when they show New York or quote Gotham in movies. I'm like, and there's like somebody walking down an alley and there's no one around. I'm like, that's not New York. New York never, like I've been in New York. New York is never like that. So it's like, yeah, there's gotta be at least one or two background extras hanging around. I mean, hell, they could have grabbed somebody from the production crew. I mean, they did that last season with COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Um, strange. And again, speaking of COVID and and restriction, COVID restriction, uh, I read somewhere that one reason why Ellen Pompeo is stuck in this Minnesota storyline is also because, you know, of COVID, so that she she doesn't have to interact with the rest of the cast. So there might be, I mean, so that she has limited contact with them. So that might, this could could be a reason as well for her storyline happening completely in Seattle. So... So anyway, it's time for our, one of my favorite, our favorite moment in mm-hmm. the podcast. So what was your favorite line of the episode or scene? I didn't really have one. Like I said, this episode was really bland for me. You keep saying um, this. You keep saying this in the past few weeks. Yeah. The yeah. past few weeks I've been saying, I don't really have one. Like I want to say that. Like I'm not like, I don't have anything that's, oh my God, that's my favorite. But like I do have things I liked. So if I had to pick one. I'd say that moment where Richard and Bailey were like walking around the hospital trolling for surgeries and Levi was also being like, you know, people haven't started drinking yet. They've been apart for like a year, year and a half, two years, like, you know, just wait, people start, you know, people start getting into fights or whatever. Um, and then him and uh, Levi and Richard go outside because that woman pulls up. And yeah. My, so my favorite line was um, when Levi turns to him and he goes, if she needs surgery, can I scrub in? I was just like, get a Gertie Schmidt. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Because yeah, it made me laugh. Funny. And also, I really liked, I did like Richard in this episode because what I like about the dichotomy of Richard is that he's someone that, like, he loves to cut and he really loves his job and he's really committed and he's as cutthroat as competitive as anybody else is. But mm-hmm. he's also a really good doctor that loves his patients, really cares about his patients. Yeah. Um, and that, like, given between that and being competitive, that takes 
precedence because he really does care. And he's the kind of doctor we'd all want to have somebody that puts that first. Yeah. Um, and so I really liked, I like that moment because it was like, yes, like I got what Libra was coming from. They're all starved for surgeries at the same time, which is like, get a gurney. Like the most important thing is helping this woman. Um, and he knows how to prioritize that kind of thing. Well, because it comes from his years of experience, um, which is why I think he shined leadership roles. So I, I did really like that moment. It was funny. And it's also what I really love about Richard as a character. Yeah. So what about you? We're, thank we're thankful for Richard. Mm -hmm. Thankful for Richard in this episode. One of the few things that I'm thankful for in this episode. Uh, I'm thankful for Meredith Mer and Nick. I loved, of course, their sex scene. And I also love the, the line, as I said before, you turned around the way Alan Pompeo delivered mm -hmm. that line. That was amazing for me. So yeah, that was our moment. Yeah. And, and that's our show. So if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review, and tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McLeod. You can find us on Twitter at DensilArtPod and on Instagram at DensilArtGraceAnatomy. So until next time, I'm Giuseppe. And I'm Jasmine. And this is Densil Out. The Grace Anatomy Podcast. Mm -hmm.